0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Bubble and glitter. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah! Like <laughs> it's so white and. <laughs> I'm trying, <laughs> new, I'm trying new, I'm trying to lighting. Angel like. <laughs> hey, what's up,
1: everybody? Welcome to Bible and banter. Uh, Luke and Eric here, along with the Uh, the incredible and the passionate (laughs) Meredith Broadway, who was just giving us a her dissertation on the Enneagram and how she's gonna take it down in today's show, which is not what initially we were expecting, so that's kind of exciting. And she was trashing Jen Hatmaker, so that was good. Um, (laughs) but uh, you might, you're welcome, you might know Meredith from being what's your What's your actual title at ACGC? Because I feel like you do a whole lot of stuff. You're like social media. You have done the covers to my books. Um, I, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. She, she designed
0: the the new website, which looks amazing. And oh, respect okay. to the respect to the old website. Wait, did you really?
2: You
1: designed yes. the all oh, the new website better so yeah. than the previous one. Yeah, that's like what?
2: the first good feedback I've heard. Are you kidding? Yeah. It was a year of my life. Actually, Luke was the only one. It was a year of my life. And Luke was like, wrote me this nice little email. And I was like, What? I didn't know it was (laughs) you. I told Justin Nash. I thought
1: he did it. I was like, Hey, man, I like the new website. It looks great. Did he take the (laughs) credits? No, he didn't even say anything. I think he just said, like, Oh, thanks. Do you know what? Wait, you've had negative feedback?
0: Have you had negative feedback about the website? No, just none. And so
2: I was like, I mean, I thought
0: it was, you know, kind of So, cool. So the, the problem Meredith is running into is not that people don't like the website. It's that no one goes there or uses it because our denomination is full of people who don't know what the internet is. But for those of us who oh do, it's fantastic. Burn. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's not a burn. It's just a, it's just a comment about the demographics of our denomination. I mean, let's be real. This is, There's nothing wrong with this, but most of our pastors were from before the internet age. Uh But yeah, I I did nothing to what you were saying. (laughs) um, The difference between me and Eric in this instance is that Eric just made an assumption. I actually called ACGC, asked who designed the website, and then asked to be uh, given the contact information for that person.
1: That's a that's a lot, man. I mean, I thought the website was was good but man that's that's going a lot that's going a lot of <laughs> way man
2: so meredith what else outside of um, that what else do you do
1: uh at UCGC?
2: well i think you asked what my title was which is just kind of funny because it's so generic it's called like like i don't even know i have to look at my business card i think it's like media coordinator it's really vague um so basically yeah the website um it's been about a year on that and then um special projects so I do the social media stuff and then projects that come up like um Christmas in October or the triennial or things like that um we really just tackle as a team effort so um I'll get pieces of that a lot of it usually lands in how are we going to approach this how like what's our communication strategy kind of stuff and we'll spitball that together Usually I walk away with a to-do list, Um, like the video stuff I've been working on as well. So,
0: Now, Meredith, can you see the live comments? No. On the right side of your screen, there should be a rectangle where you can say live comments uh, because people are saying very nice things about you right now.
2: Uh, uh, All I see is private chat and comments. Comments, that's the one that you want. So So Mike
1: Alex said official title should be make Jane
2: Ash look good at his job,
1: which is an incredibly (laughs) difficult thing.
2: (laughs) Hey, Justin is a workhorse. He is amazing. And he does so much behind the scenes that nobody sees. He is. He is very talented fella. I um, I am. Go I gotta
0: I know I delivered the sick burn earlier but now I gotta put myself within that category because what Jennifer uh, she's our um, media coordinator at the church what she just Jennifer. said what she just said is absolutely true I don't actually check the website she does and then she tells me about all the great things on it
2: so. <laughs> well also tell me about errors because it's hard to keep up with them so let me know
1: well uh, you know we typically start off with uh, with what's new or what's good um and then what's the word but because we have a guest on we have five questions that we like to start off the show with for so five questions for Meredith Broadway before we get into our big topic. So this is this is actually my favorite thing to do. So Meredith. Mm-hmm. Do you remember MySpace? Yes. Okay. What song would you play on your MySpace page?
2: Um, well definitely Michael Jackson for sure. I gotta think about which one. Probably gone too soon. Gone too soon. I don't <laughs> know. Like I don't thriller. You guys, you're too young. <laughs> you can't you can't be that much older than us.
0: Come on. I am. Pushing uh, 40. Luke uh, didn't
1: even remember nine eleven. I mean, we were just talking about we we're just talking about nationalism on the tailgate special, and I told him that he'd have a different perspective if he could remember 9-11. Eric, Eric has two years on me, and he okay.
0: acts like it's 20. So what
2: are your ages? I'm
1: 33, and Luke is about
2: 15, or at least he acts like it. You I'm have 30. like nine kids, right? How old are you? No,
0: no. I, I have three and a half kids, and I'm 30.
2: So I'm assuming one's in utero and one was not like chopped off at the knees. Correct. Okay. This was King Solomon. <laughs> Not a King Solomon situation. But what age are you? I, I didn't catch
0: it. I'm 30 and I have 30. a five-year-old. 30? He's a yes. baby.
2: Okay.
1: So young, Luke. So, so young. young. I feel old. 30? Are you kidding
2: me? So yeah, probably Michael Jackson something because all through high school and college, I have one of those little like apple shuffle things. And I never changed it because I like couldn't figure out how. So it was all Michael Jackson for like eight or nine years. So I feel like it would have to be Michael Jackson.
1: Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Next. What is your favorite movie? This is very important. No one has answered this correctly yet. Whenever we're So what is your favorite movie and why is it God's not dead?
2: Um, are you kidding me? <laughs> I've just watched God's Not Dead, and I was like cringing through most of it. <laughs> um, favorite movie is probably, ooh, that's hard. It's probably Spanglish, which didn't get good reviews, but I still feel like it's so insightful. So you probably haven't seen wait, that Wait, either, is that one
1: Adam Sandler? Yes. I do remember that movie. Yep. It's
2: actually really, really good. And Tay Leone, who is amazing. And uh, anyway, it's really good. Um, the reason why it's God's Not Dead is too long to cover in this show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we should do an episode just on why God's Not Dead is like the most hashtag basic movie Christian.
2: Basic Can we just movie. talk about the Christian necklace for a minute and like the Newsboy t-shirt and the Newsboy posters and the fact that like if any non-Christian watched that, they would think that we saw the rest of the world as the most hateful, awful human beings in the world.
1: That's because they are just apparently just, if you watched Fox news, you
2: would know that. Oh gosh. Let's not go there. <laughs> Next question.
0: I am. Um, as, as Eric learned earlier in our target special, I only watch MSNBC. Oh my goodness. You did
1: not reveal <laughs> that, but it explained a whole lot. <laughs> and FIFA. Um, so you can only choose one. You can only choose one, the office or parks and rec. Oh,
2: this is an That's important hard. question
0: because it's yeah. going to determine which of us you prefer as people.
2: <laughs> um, I think I'm OK. This is a good question. I think uh, Parks and Rec has to win because um, Leslie Nope is a like you want to root for her. And I know you want to root for Michael, but it also gets a little trashy, whereas Parks and Rec doesn't get as trashy. And I have a recreation management degree, uh, as well as like that was my secondary degree. So I feel like I have to. So you are
1: Leslie Note. You are <laughs> Leslie
2: Note. Um, I am Leslie Note. So of Anita Ann Perkins there. Of the, of the <laughs> um, Is
0: Matt is Matt your Andy? Is Matt
2: my that's. Come on, that was that was funny. I feel that like this a- is a psychological profile. Yeah, yeah. Like, no. like, <laughs> no,
0: that was that was just a petty insult to Matt. I was just trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> no, I so, just got. I'm like, whoa, I gotta think about that. So, <laughs> who do you who
1: who's your favorite character between the two shows? Because my favorite show here's the thing, my favorite character between the two shows is different than my favorite show.
2: Okay, my favorite character between the two shows I mean it's gotta be Leslie Nope. I love her I love how <laughs> she makes everything positive and everything amazing and she just gets everyone to rally behind her and I just want her as my best friend because I think it would be great
0: yo yo Mike Alex is dropping heat in yeah. the comments I totally missed Luke was t- too busy studying <laughs> <missed> to be <laughs> valedictorian to remember significant modern day atrocities
1: where did he say that? <laughs> it's because
2: mike mike it's because luke is so sesquipedalian
0: that's why what did you just say (laughs) i don't never heard that word (gasps) you haven't no well look it up i I guarantee eric's never heard mr
2: vocab that burned (laughs) me last week (laughs) so
1: (laughs) meredith you've answered every song incorrectly or every question incorrectly so far. We have three more. Okay. What is your preferred Bible translation? This is a softball.
2: Ooh, okay. This is tricky because ESV is what Matt preaches from. And it seems, you know, non-heretical. I have a personal study Bible that's NIV that my mother-in-law gave me. Now I don't think NIV is the way to go. I think it's ESV. However, I started reading through it for the first time, like, and I made it all the way through. And once you start, you can't just switch translations because you got all your underlines and all your notes in the margin and all that stuff. So I'm still using the NIV, but I want to get a study Bible that's ESV or CSB would be okay. But I need to make the transition, but I don't want to lose all my notes. So this is like- Meredith,
0: you were a three out of three so far in my book. These have yes. all been correct answers.
2: Well, this one, I <laughs> mean this one right. out of the
0: park. So so, <laughs> so, a, couple
1: of, so a couple of things we got, we're gonna unpack here with your favorite Bible translation. One, I want everyone to know who doesn't know who you are, that your husband is a pastor. He's the pastor of Doolin's Grove, right? That that's the name of the church, right across the street from ACGC.
0: Um, I just I just had just assumed that your position at uh, ACGC was Matt's wife. I didn't know that there was like a title. <laughs> oh, well,
2: that's what I was going to say. That's where I find all my identity and fulfillment. So that's what I should have put my name as, Matt's wife.
1: You sound complimentary <laughs> on that one. So um, the other thing is, one, of course, you got it correctly when you go with the ESV. Otherwise, oh, no, 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 no. Standard would- version. And lastly – I'm thankful that someone is on the show that actually underlines, write notes and highlights in their Bible because Luke doesn't even use a Bible. He uses an analog version or the digital hey, version. Is this, a MSN... is this the MSNBC thing? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wow. Once you're part of Antifa, they don't allow you to use an analog Bible anymore because to, it's too big, right? And and um, that's too capitalistic. You have to use, you know, an iPhone to to look it up, even though that's the product of capitalism. <laughs>
0: um, um, Meredith, when Eric said you were coming on the show, because I remember what a what a strong commenter you are, I was excited. I didn't know it was going to be this good. I'm out of. <laughs> I don't. I'm not
1: worthy. It just
2: means I'm full of hot air.
1: Um, Luke, Luke is considering leaving the show, and he's looking for people to fill in his spot. So you might you might be on the short list. After we
2: can do it. We can do it. Um. Uh, so that makes me really sad that you don't write in your Bible, but I understand that there's different kinds of learners. I am definitely a kinetic learner, so I have to write in order to think. Like I cannot think without writing. So um, I get I get that maybe there's you know this whole valedictorian thing you might be above. <laughs> I'm you know. audio.
0: I'm an audio learner. So my perfect bible yeah. is an audio one. Wow,
2: that's so.
1: So there's a great follow on Twitter and on YouTube. His name's Matt Everhard, M-A-T-T, last name Everhard, E-V-E-R-H-A-R-D. He um, gives instructions on how to take notes in your Bible. He's a big proponent of wide margin Bibles. I have a wide margin Bible that uh, Robin <laughs> gave to me uh, actually about four years ago now. And I love it, write in it almost every single day. Um, and we actually did an episode on our tailgate special. So on our Patreon that Luke and I did where I just shamed him for 45 minutes on <laughs> why he needs to write in his Bible. So
2: yeah, I like, once, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I once heard a, a pastor, it was like at one of those big college things like crusade things in Greensboro. Anyway, he said that you take your Bible, you use it, you write on it, you comment, all that stuff, and you fill it up. And then you give it away and then you get a new one and you do it again. And that really stuck with me.
1: That's cool. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, fifth. And this is another big one. What's worse. And we should have brought your, your son in on this one. Cause I know he's a big, super nerd. Um, shout out to Elias. And what's it, what's the name of his podcast again?
2: The nerd talks. And the- he is up to 1.2 thousand listeners listens or something. So, yeah. He really wanted to be on today. I was like, sorry, Eric, oh, Eric nixed you. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll bring him on next time.
1: we we'll ta- totally kidding. We'll do it. We'll do a The nerd talks Bible and crossover. So <laughs> what would Elias? So give us your opinion. And then Elias's. Okay. What's worse? The first or third star Wars trilogy.
2: I have no idea. Like I don't. I don't talk about it. I, I is, mean I kind of listen. What your heart? Knows, what does your heart tell you? I mean, I literally have no information on this topic. Sorry. You're, just, you're, you're going, such a nine. Don't, don't women have like intuition? Not when it comes to Star Wars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Except right. to get away fast.
0: <laughs> so this
1: is this is the most to me, this is the favorite question we have. To finish out. Do you believe in aliens, Bigfoot, the Loch Ness <laughs> Monster, or ghosts? Say it again. Bigfoot? Do you believe in aliens, mm-hmm. Bigfoot,
2: mm-hmm. Nessie, or ghosts? And or ghosts? I'm going to go with a big fat no on, all, on of all of them. Yeah. Even the Bigfoot thing, which like where my brother lives, they have like, Bigfoot day or something. And everybody comes from all around and like lives in campers and looks for the Sasquatch or something. I, am,
0: of I actually, for the longest time, didn't believe in Bigfoot and then I met Eric. And so you know now it's changed my perspective on that.
1: <laughs> so I have a t-shirt um, that I bought from a veteran's own company, like their their uh, veteran lifestyle brand or something like that. and they, And it has a big picture of Bigfoot on it. And it looks just like me. Like spitting that it. That means you need to shave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say. My wife is probably listening. In, uh, listening in on in the car. Um, she's driving with the kids on the way to Massachusetts. So they left wow. me this morning. Um, um, yeah.
0: So we, mi- anyway. we missed a very important comment from Moose earlier. He says the correct answer to the Parks and Rec or The Office question is Seinfeld.
2: I do like Seinfeld. Hashtag wrong. <laughs>
1: So I actually I listened to a podcast the I love the Babylon Babylon B podcast and a couple of months ago they had someone who's like a who's a Christian demonologist or something like that. Like essentially they go around and investigating demon demonic possessions. And uh he was at that, like, that
2: how you that's that your inspiration for the Enneagram post?
1: No. No okay. it's not <laughs> um so but he was mentioning how like Infestations of spirits and things like that. Um, I'm not a huge like ghost guy. Like I, I'm not like I don't believe in all that stuff. Um, I don't think that conditional immortality, which is particular to Advent Christians, necessarily aligns with um, you know active ghost activity or anything like that. However, I think that if you're a Bible believing Christian, you you probably believe in demons as well. So he was talking about it most likely being demon possessions, and that people and places can be possessed. So I thought that was really interesting. I actually
0: hold to a form of Christianity that rejects anything of the supernatural. This goes back to the MSNBC thing.
1: That's how you know you're know, know, you know, you know you're a liberal if. Um, that's going to be a new segment on the podcast. You know you're a liberal if. And one of them was if you think David was gay. <laughs> Who's
2: yeah. David?
0: Hey, David. Oh. You know Jeez. you're a
2: liberal if. I'm like you hey, now. <laughs>
0: Meredith was thinking of some guy she knew in high school. Like, no,
2: I don't think he was.
1: <laughs> like, I grew up in North Carolina. We don't have liberals here. I know kidding. my dad's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So enough joking around. Let's get to the big stuff. Oh, there we go. It's uh, so Robin Reynolds just commented. I guess um, my daughter is tec- is texting from Robin's phone onto the comment portion. So they're listening in the car as they are traveling to take a vacation in Massachusetts.
2: Aww.
1: So. Alright.
2: So is this a vacation from you?
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any idea how hard it is to live with me? <laughs> <laughs> it <is a> pain. <laughs> so um, they're going up to see the family before Christmas. It's been like a year since we've seen most people. So um, you know, anyway, forget COVID. Um, with that in mind, Meredith, what in the world is the Enneagram? Well, first off, let's go from like how? Why we had you on the podcast, right? So why did I invite you on? I don't and know. In, in all, <laughs> like all the jokes associated with it, and then all of like the research that you've done recently. So like you've done a complete one hundred and eighty in a week, and yes. I didn't even say anything. I didn't even. <laughs> I mean, it's been like seven hours. <laughs> so I think this is. I think as you described to us on the podcast how how important it is for us to have open minds about a lot of things and consider the source and then go, okay, now... Ma-. So instead of making a decision before you have facts, search for the facts and then make decisions. So I,
0: I think we should actually just start with story time with Aunt Meredith, where she tells us what <laughs> she told us before the podcast about how what how she felt a week ago and then how she feels uh, as of an hour ago.
1: Yeah, so Luke, why don't you and I shut up and we will listen to Aunt Meredith talk about <laughs> Really
2: creeps me out. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're the one um, who's talking about how much older you are than we. Than my nephews me. have such beards. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. So, Eric, what was it like two weeks ago? You posted something on Facebook about how you. I don't. Do you remember exactly what the post said?
1: Ah, uh, hold on. I'll pull. I'll pull it up. Let me. Let me get okay. on the Facebook machine.
2: The Facebook machine. It was something like. Stop looking at the Enneagram, the but you had like three things and read your yeah. Bible or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. Most of my posts talk about reading your Bible. Yeah. You know, and they're mostly directed at Luke.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's too bad I never get on Facebook. That's a real waste. If you've effort. heard of su-
1: sub twinning, I, I subpost and I subpost Luke all the time. you're uh, already
0: interrupting Meredith. <laughs>
1: she asked a question, man. <laughs> <Just wait. No. laughs>
0: nope, nope. I, f- I feel we're getting a little bit lost in the detail here uh
2: why don't you uh, but now out? I feel like we're committed so now I feel like we just have to sit here and wait for him to scroll back I mean oh, let's do this we'll go back even further while he's scrolling
0: what when was the first time that you ran into the Enneagram
2: oh okay that's a good question so I was trying to remember I have a friend that was into it and she it just came up in conversation over the phone and um, she was like, hey, have you done the Enneagram? And I was like, the what? What did, what did you even just say? And so she was like, well, you know, you want to do the Christian one. And it's kind of like a personality test. And let me send it to you right now. So she sends me a link to do it. Eric, did you find it? No. Um, so she sent me a link to do it. And so I sit down and I answer all the questions and quickly found out that I am not introspective at all. So I had to like ask the questions to my husband to be like, is this me? Is this, am I one or am I a five? Like, where am I on the scale? Because I just don't know myself at all. I feel like
0: that alone says something very deep about your personality. Probably,
2: probably. Um, so anyway, I did the test and then I didn't think much more about it. This has been probably two years ago. And so I'm here at the office at ACGC. And I'm pretty sure, um, Kara, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Kara, who does all the graphic design, like the witness and stuff here at the office, um, came in and said, hey, have you done the Enneagram? What number are you? And so we started talking about it. So of course, I took the test. She took the test. We had Justin take the test. Like everybody's taking the test to find out what numbers they were. And so that was that was more recent. And so we started talking about what number we were. So anyway, Eric posted this thing. And he said, the Enneagram is the devil in so many words. And so I commented, yeah, but what number are you? Because I really want to know what number you are. (laughs) And so everyone agreed on Facebook town that Eric was definitely an eight, which I agree, I think he is an eight. And so it was kind of a joke. And then we were joking a little bit. The, at, on the last episode of Bible banter about the Enneagram. And then Eric just left field was like, hey, you should come on and talk about the Enneagram, like I'm some kind of expert or something, which I'm totally not. And so because I need any diversion from the just really boring life that is uh, quarantine, I was like, of course, I'll come on and talk about stuff. <laughs> and so then fast forward to today. So I'm texting, we have a group text uh, between the communication department. So it's Justin, Kara and I. And so I text them this morning and I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on Bible Banter later. Do you mind if I tell them what your number is? And um, like, I won't talk about the negatives, but can I talk about the positives? And they were like, Justin was like, call me in five minutes. And I'm like, what? And he was like, call me in five minutes. And so anyway, I call him and he was like, do you know what you're getting into? And I was like, no. What am I getting into? What do you mean? And he's like, Well, I feel like you think the Enneagram is just like a fun little type diagnostic and it has like demonic roots. And I was like, What? (laughs) And so fast forward, I spent the entire morning, like I'm talking like seven hours. I have pages and pages and pages. Well, that one doesn't, but this one does. Pages of notes on like the origins of the Enneagram. And now I'm like, Y'all. Everybody stop
1: the Enneagram. It's the the devil. Enneagram is, evil. So, Enneagram is evil. So Matt just posted, Matt Rice just posted what was on my Facebook. And I finally found it. What was throwing me off is I posted a GIF along with it. And it's a GIF of R.C. Sproul saying, what's wrong with you people? Oh, yeah. so, which is one of my favorites. So um, R.C. Sproul in that moment is my spirit animal. So, This is what I said. The journey of self-discovery is found in the discovery of God in the scriptures. It is not found in astrology, Myers-Briggs, or the Enneagram. Put it away and open your Bible. And then the first comment is, Meredith Carpenter Broadway. Yeah, but what's your number? (laughs) (laughs) And anyone who doesn't know that the Enneagram has numbers associated with it are probably like, what's this woman asking my pastor for his number? Like that's really, (laughs) I said, I'm not sure, but looking at the definitions, maybe a one. And you said, ha, I'm a one too. And then Mike Bassett chimes in and then somehow it devolves into Mike calling me a Nazi. So um, so (laughs) Mike calls me Hitler.
0: I mean, as as um as an actual member of Antifa, I would say that's generally accurate.
2: <laughs> really, gotta quit saying that. <laughs>
0: so yeah,
1: so Mike said something, and then Meredith was like, "So Eric Reynolds either has zeal for life, or he's Hitler." Hmm. And my response was, "Why not both?" So that's. Uh, I, feel like
0: I feel I should give a disclaimer here, so the CIA doesn't show up to my front door. I'm not actually a member of Antifa. That was a joke.
1: Um, Anyway, so joking aside, um, we are talking about something. Many people, most Christians that I know, that think of the Enneagram, they think of it much like Myers-Briggs. They think of it much like a personality test, much like the way that you approached it a week ago or even 12 hours ago. And now you've looked into a bunch of sources that are saying this is where it originated from. And you go, pump the brakes. I used to be a yeah. cheerleader for this thing. Now I'm anti this. Like right. like Luke was referring to himself on the previous podcast as an anti-patriot. Um, so he not only is he not a patriot, he's in he's anti-patriotism. Um, you're so, saying not only are you so now you're like fully against uh, enneagram. Go on, um,
0: Meredith. I'm, I, I'm not even going to bother correcting the number of, of missing the pieces of misinformation in that statement. I just want to hear your answer.
2: <laughs> oh, Palma said that she has not even heard about it until we started talking about it. So let's clarify what it is. Okay, let this is where I think it kind of went wrong for me. And this partially answers your question that you just asked Eric. So um, when it was introduced to me, the, the phrase was, have you ever taken Myers-Briggs or a DISC profile or something like that? And I had actually Summer Ministries when I was served on Summer Ministries, which is our region's way of getting youth into leadership positions. We took a DISC profile to find out what our personality was so that we could work better as a team. And so um it was introduced to me just like one of those. What I found through my research was that um, as far as personality testing goes, the Enneagram is quite laughable um, as per like psychiatric circles and things like that. Like it's not science-based at all. And my assumption was that it was, that it, that its place was in behavioral science, which I think can be a helpful tool to understand one another in our Christ like relationships. I thought it would be, this is a better way for me to understand why this person gets angry at this or, or doesn't like when I present information this way, because this is their personality type. Um, But what I found was that the Enneagram has nothing scientific about it, like whatsoever. And its origins are in the occult. So um, that was interesting to me. Down with Enneagram. Down (laughs) with Enneagram. I want to throw in a little
0: piece of balance here, and I'll be curious to hear what what Meredith thinks of it. So we we mentioned uh, before we we went live that we were going to be discussing the Enneagram, but inevitably it was going to turn into a discussion of uh, the integration of non-biblical ideas in a biblical worldview. I certainly appreciate, Meredith, the rigorous research that you did and the uh, realizations you came to and your humility and, and being, look, it's hard to say, Hey, this thing that I like that seems to work that makes sense to me that maybe it's not a good resource. But um, let me ask you this: Do you think there is still any value in some of the things that the Enneagram offers, even if we're not going to swallow it, hook, line, and sinker?
2: I thought so, um, but no, <laughs> actually, wow. no. Um, and and the mm. reason I say that is, uh, it's part of this bigger problem, and I don't even know if you want to go here, but I think it's a part of a bigger problem that um, is speaking to the culture's um, proclamation that if it works, it's true. And I listened to a podcast for most of this information, and it was um, by, let's see what her name was, uh, Elisa Childers. Have you listened to her much? She has a podcast and she's an author. And she had um, Marcia Montenegro on as a guest. And this was the podcast that was given to me by Justin to say, hey, you need to see what this Enneagram thing is all about. Um, But Marcia was an astronomer for a long time and then later became a Christian. And she made the point that in her uh, discipline, she often did readings for her clients and they found it to be true. Um, when she knows now, as a Christian, everything was false, but they found it to work for their marriages and to work for their relationships. But it was built on um, falsities, so we can't use the um, we can't use the adage that if it, if it works, it's true. And that's why I think the enneagram might be dangerous because that's where, like, when I was pegged as a one, I was really kind of mad that I was a one because it was a lot about a one that I didn't like. Um, but I found like, well, this must be me because it works or it it makes sense to me. But we're so self-deceived. How do we really even know? You know, we're, we could be like totally reading into it at that point. So anyway, kind of went on a rabbit trail there. But I think it's really dangerous when we start to say, well, it works. So it must be true, which kind of goes in hand in hand with the whole thing of um, all truth is God's truth, which mm-hmm. I hear from Quite a few people, and, yeah, and, well,
1: and I think there's truth in that, right? No pun intended. Like that, that if it's true, it's from, in a sense, right. So it depends right. on what you mean by and, all truth is, is God's yes. truth. But you know, I I think you know, looking at how the enneagram has been brought forward, like one example, and you probably have this in your notes, is that one of the people who've perpetuated the enneagram or helped or helped firm up or shore up its foundations. Um, was like a chilean uh, a Chilean occultist who says that he heard from the archangel metroton right.
2: yeah.
1: um while he was high and that 's how he helped develop the Enneagram right that in the 1970s. Sound, yeah like that sounds pretty insane so Luke yeah try and
2: tell us how there's how there's value. <laughs> Well, um, well, let me just tell you, like when we found out our numbers and stuff, we literally had everyone here at the office take the Enneagram and then we had lunch downstairs and, talk, and like guessed what people's numbers were. And as a communication team, we actually found it helpful to know that like Justin was a six, Kara's a mm-hmm. seven, I'm a one. So in our next staff meeting, it was actually kind of helpful to have that insight about this is how this person makes decisions. Well, this is how this person makes decisions. So mm-hmm. in a pragmatic sense, it did kind of help. However, now that I've come into the light, (laughs) I think there's probably a better way to go about it. Yeah, It's not distracting.
1: So I think there's definitely, when it comes to personality. I think having people help you understand your own personality because we can be self-deceived can be helpful. Excuse me, learning about how we do make decisions, but we have to be careful of how are we making those characterizations and what kind of impact does that have on someone? So if you told someone who um, struggles with depression, wow, you just seem like you're always depressive all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, what's that going to do to them? Right? Like, so if Mm -hmm. they have a depressive, some people do have a naturally depressive personality. They're more cynical They're but there are other people who maybe it's not their personality, but it's just psychological trauma that's been done to them. So it's not a personality thing. It's actually like a real, um, uh, um, the thing that's happened in their life that has caused them to get into some sort of way, right? So, mm. we do need to be careful, and it's more nuanced than just, hey, what number are you?
2: Right. Yeah. Well, the um, the guest that Elisa Childers had on the Marsha Montenegro, and she's written extensively about the Enneagram, so she's you know, obviously an expert where I'm not, but one point that she brought up was that. A reason to stay away from it is just the sheer amount of time that goes into thinking about it, perusing the inner self, you know, looking deep within to see what number I am. It's just a distraction to mm-hmm. what we should be doing, which is pouring over our Bibles and listening to gospel centric teaching and discipling mm-hmm. others. You know, it's just a, a distraction.
1: Yeah, that's good. So what are, what's some more dirt that you found out about the Enneagram that we can uh, pour out on
2: people? I mean, there's really so much. Um, so, kind of at the um, the base of it is an ego versus pure self. So, the ego is is your is your number, um, kind of like how how people see you, but it's it's false. Um, so, there's a reason why they see you this way. All of your experiences, everything you bring to the table, but what you really want to do is get down to your pure self, your inner self. Which um, actually, um, you mentioned Jen Hatmaker at the beginning, and Justin's having me read this book, fierce, free, and full of fire. Are um, you guys
1: of, like a mercy corner in the AC Witness, and that's why you're having to? You know,
2: and, <laughs> I don't go. know. He, you know, I think he had heard mm-hmm. about the book, and that he thought it might be helpful um, if if someone read it and gave notes on it or a book review, because these are the books that are on like our Christian bookstore shelves and I think it's It's, important. It's almost like Justin thinks
0: it would be helpful for us to understand the kinds of things that normal everyday people are actually
2: reading in our churches. Well yeah yeah but listen oh Palma you're right it is new age idea so listen to what Jen Hatmaker says and how much this goes with the Enneagram because she talks about the Enneagram in her book as well she says um you, okay, understanding and embracing who we are, how we've been created is the launching pad for living a fearlessly genuine life where we're no longer pretending or trying to be something other than what we are on the inside. So we start there because no one is unlovable. We were literally created by love, with love, and for love by a God who loves us and is love itself. Here's another quote. You are loved and lovable. This is my spiritual thesis. Your inmost being is worth uncovering. So then her next chapter goes right into the Enneagram. And it's all about your true self. You have to find your inmost being. And that is pure and infallible, which is not Christianity.
1: This is why, this is why uh, big evangelicalism is in the state that it is. Because of this garbage that people feed.
2: Garbage.
1: If you have read, if you've read this book, I ask you to repent of your sin, accept Jesus into your heart right now. <laughs> um, like, you, you want you want them to do what? Um, accept Jesus. <laughs> this is not something that Christians read. Self help garbage. Um, no, granted, yes, God. Hold made on. I'm gonna. God I'm, made
0: gonna push. I'm gonna.
1: You. Okay, I, I, I'm, push back gonna, on me yes. calling it garbage. All right,
0: Luke. I'm gonna be the controversial. You, Mr. And I'm not, I'm not going to defend uh, Jen Hatmaker. I'm not going to defend the origins of the Enneagram. And I very much appreciate what Meredith said earlier about the fact that just because it's useful doesn't mean it's true or valuable. Okay. But I want to push back a little bit on the idea that there is nothing of value in New Age philosophy. Um, I think there is a tremendous amount of harm that comes out of it. That doesn't mean it's void of any and all truth. And uh, I think the example I would give biblically is Acts 17, when Paul quotes an Epicurean and a Stoic. Now, deep at the heart of those philosophies, Epicureanism and Stoicism, um, it's, it's, it's antichrist. I don't have you know, another term for it. It, it, it completely rejects at least I know one of them completely rejects the idea of anything supernatural or divine, and the other, even if it acknowledges it, basically regards it as irrelevant to actual human living. So these are two philosophies that are completely spiritually bankrupt. And yet, Paul is able to sort of snatch out of them something of truth in order to speak to that particular people, since that's the language that they understood. So... It could are, are we are we willing to say that Jen hatmaker or whoever came up with the enneagram is capable of saying things that could be true and useful
1: you the I think you're missing the point of what Paul Paul quoting the Epicureans and the Stoic Stoics is right so you're trying to engage people um, based on the knowledge basis that they have so well, he's yeah. directing them he's directing them to Christ yeah right so you can use um, you can use the enneagram, new age stuff to have con- what like it, one um one ministry I follow. I don't agree with all that they say or all that they teach, but um uh, Apologia Studios and Apologia Church with Jeff Durbin, um, they are very well versed in um Islam, in Mormonism, in, in in all that, and some of these other religions for the purpose of going and sharing the gospel with them. Right. So um, Jeff Derber will be there and and they'll videotape this where he's sitting there talking sometimes for hours on end with Mormons and calling them to faith in Christ. And he's engaging with the works of Joseph Smith and Mm -hmm. Mormon scholars. I think that's what you see happening with Paul in Acts 17. You don't see him going, man, you know, listen to these great guys, right? He's, Mm you know, he's engaging with the knowledge base, base that they have. So of course, probably good to have some working knowledge of some of these folks. Like I'm a huge opponent of Jesus calling, right? Like I, I hate the Jesus calling works. Um, Sarah young, I think is a heretic. Um, and I, and I'm not using that just as a joke. Like I think she is, she claims her work to be, you know, God is speaking to her, um, through what she's writing. Um, I think that that's that's heresy. So I tell people, don't read this stuff. This isn't good. Now, some people don't listen. Some people do. Um, That's not good. But it's important for me to know why she's a heretic. It's important for me to know why so I can call people out of their
0: um, junk. Meredith, would you be willing to call people who use the Enneagram to repentance? Do you take that strong a view on it?
2: Well, I told you, this is just like in the last six hours, but- I mean, it's going to come up in our conversations, I think, naturally. Um, the other point that Marsha made as far as like like what's the big harm in it, and I already told you one, which was just basically like a misuse of time. Um, her other point was that you start to filter experiences through it. And every time you do that, it becomes more valid in your own mind. So if you if like if I go through life seeing everything as a one and everything that sticks out, to, oh, I did that because I was the one. Oh, I did that because I was the one. then it reinforces, like if you want to get into like brain neurology, <laughs> like it reinforces that path of, okay, now I'm seeing everything through the lens of the Enneagram when we're called to look at everything through the lens of scripture. Mm. Amen. Is it, I mean, uh, is it 100%
1: true. Is it yeah,
2: a- but to Luke, I wanted to say something about what you just brought up, Luke, and mm-hmm. I do think it has caused us to look at each other and think about different people's perspectives, which I think is scriptural with living with each other in an understanding way. Mm -hmm. Um, So we don't need to go about with our head in the sand, just being like, you know, I'm going to do me and you do you. And I do think like in that sense, the Enneagram is helpful because it helps us seek to understand one another Right. Um, so like the topic of the Enneagram might be helpful to, I don't know, awaken yeah. us to, Oh, everyone's not like me in our egocentric world.
0: Um, uh, I want, I want to push back on one more thing though. Um, earlier when you,
2: what, this is, why are you giving me that look? That's,
0: isn't that why we're here to, to have discussion about it? I'm Just, um, just eye rolling. That's it. Uh, Meredith earlier, when you were talking about the Enneagram, you said that, um, part of what makes it so either, uh, worthless or harmful? I can't remember how exactly you were describing it, but you said it basically isn't doesn't have any scientific basis, right? And, and, and right. any sort of credible psychological science, which I think raises another interesting, maybe somewhat subsidiary discussion, but I think it's closely right re- related enough that I'll bring it up. Which is um, do you actually have a biblical basis for rejecting it? Because I certainly believe in in science, scientific inquiry. I'm not anti-science, but I also um personally, I'm highly skeptical of much of modern American psychology. Um, and it's not because I have a different scientific view. It's because I think it, it anytime that a, a, an alleged science begins to run up against scripture, um, I become very uninterested in it. So um, I'm, I'm not discounting scientific inquiry or, or your statement that there's not scientific basis. I believe you. But is can you think of a biblical basis for rejecting it, or are you doing this on the basis of accepted modern psychology? Die to self. Mm.
1: I mean,
2: well,
1: we can reject we can reject the cult. I mean, they're, they're, its roots I mean, are in the cult. Yeah, mean, which wow, well, yeah.
0: I don't think that's sufficient, though. I think Meredith is going in the right direction, and that we actually should give well, a positive like-
2: biblical reason. If 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 we are diving into our I need more understanding of myself. We love to talk about ourselves and understand ourselves. And let's talk about yourself. And let's talk about myself. And I don't know if you're a Jim Gaffigan fan, but I'm going to work on myself while I look at myself. Come on, have you seen that? Jim no, Gaffigan. We're, we're Christians. We don't, want, we don't watch. Oh, uh, <laughs> so funny! Look it up. Look up his little bit about working out <laughs> his self. It's hilarious. Um. Anyway. Um, dying to self and living for Christ, forgetting yourself and, you know, esteeming others to be more than yourself. Like you're just forgetting all that. You're not diving mm-hmm. into it. I feel like it's mm-hmm. like opposite of what we're called to do as Christians.
0: That's a good answer.
2: On that basis. <laughs> Thank you for now.
0: We... <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> On that basis. What should we reject any sort of, uh, I mean, uh, Nathan uh, uh, Bickford brings up, okay, well, we've got we've got other personality assess that, uh, assessments that might be superior, but are they the, are they just the same kinds of traps in more acceptable clothing?
2: I don't think so. I, I think it, there seems to be a, a really clear difference that some personality traits like find their place in behavioral psychology, or which I think can be helpful. I think it's all in that general revelation camp of things <laughs> that can be helpful that uh, are true or have found to be true. But, um, I think that where the Enneagram diverges is that it's not scientific because going into this thing, Eric, I was, I was taking a walk after we had talked about the Enneagram thing. And Matt said, we, we usually walk together because we can be away from the kids and all the noise. And we just walk around the median like 10,000 times and our neighbors thinks <laughs> think we're crazy. But, um, he was, he was like, so what are you doing? I was telling him about it. And he was like, well, you better make sure you're on the right side of this thing. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> so we're talking about it. And, um, I was bringing up a uh, time in our lives where one of our children needed counseling, like a a childhood counselor. And so we went to the counselor and it was tremendously helpful. And I remember she gave us the stack of papers on um, brain, like neurology and how the brain develops and, and how it handles trauma and how it recovers from trauma and all that. And I found it tremendously helpful. Like this is science about the brain and how it works and how it recovers and how we can help her as Christian parents or help him get over this, you know, whatever. So I was looking at it in that, through that lens. But the problem is it's not scientific, like at all. So why even spend time on it? It's
1: more of a, it's the Enneagram is more of like just general, like observed perceived wisdom from people saying, Hey, this fits into this category and then testing people into putting them into those categories. And, um, unless you actually believe in the Enneagram and then you believe that it was handed down by the Archangel Metatron while this guy in Chile was high.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we need to talk about, which I didn't even realize this y'all, but there is like Enneagram books. There are, um, there are, uh, what do you call it? When you sit down and have your quiet time, devotional, devotional Enneagram books, Zondervan and I can't remember the other publisher that has published books on it. Like, it's a cancel culture.
1: Hashtag cancel Zondervan. Uh,
2: <laughs> I'm not going to get on the cancel culture bandwagon. Sorry. <laughs> hashtag
1: cancel Zondervan.
2: But I didn't realize. I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize it was being used like that. Let me um. Let me ask you guys
0: this. I'd be curious to hear an answer from both of you. Let's accept for a moment the premise, which Meredith has um, defended quite well, that enneagram is a bad idea. Let's also accept the premise that perhaps there are other personality tests that are helpful. Um, in what way? I mean, because because I think Meredith's point about dying to self earlier is is a perfectly valid one. But if you were to take that to its uh, logical extreme, you could easily say any self-contemplation whatsoever is uh, you know it's harmful and prideful. But I certainly wouldn't be willing to say that that's the case. I I think. Um, that there, there can be real value in understanding your, not, not locking yourself into a box of I'm this way, no matter what, but understanding your tendencies and the tendencies of others, that that can be helpful, but maybe we should just throw it all out because all of it is, is, you know, it's obsession with self and it's pride and it has no place in the Christian life.
2: I don't, I don't think that that's valid. I think if you've ever worked on a team it's a quick diagnostic to kind of see where people's strengths and weaknesses lie so that you can kind of hand off your projects in the right direction. Now, I don't think it should be the end all be all, but I think it could be helpful in like getting the ball rolling as far as working together as a team, which is why I think it's used so often. Hmm. That's not a biblical argument. That's just, (laughs) Hey, it works.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, that's that's (laughs) the problem though is, we just said earlier that, that so you are good. the
2: preachers. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
1: I you know, look, I I think that there is you know, I kind of go back and forth is there value is there not um I think you can certainly assess someone's gifts Which actually which actually Mark just brought up. Um I think as a leader and kind of in all of our churches, we look to our pastors as kind of like the general leader over most of the church and in, in many different ways, which I don't know is if that's necessarily a um, healthy thing or not. But um, one of the things that I've noticed in, in my lifetime is that the best leaders are those that can assess people's personalities, strengths and weaknesses and get that team moving in a cohesive goal. And so I think You know when you're when you're assessing the personality assessment, I think does it help? Does it hinder? I think sometimes as a leader, you have to determine whether or not if you tell someone they're a rear end, um, whether or not that helps the cause or not. Does does me telling someone that they are a depressive person does that help them or does that hurt them? Does that help the team? Does that hurt the team? Sometimes you can make observations about people's personalities that are less than helpful um, in, in accomplishing the goals that a team sets out. So, uh, that's a long way of me saying it probably depends on whether or not there's value. I think you have to assess that as a leader of your team. So
0: so I would actually, I would actually say that biblically, you can make a pretty strong argument that there is a place in Christian life for introspection and self-examination, which can certainly, you can err on the side of self-obsession, uh, which we would all condemn. But, um, I I think you can pretty clearly and biblically reject the idea that any sort of introspection or self-examination whatsoever is, uh, wrong. And not only can you say that, I think if you never do it, that actually speaks to some, some level of spiritual maturity because the new Testament has so many places where it says, examine yourself or test yourself or to consider your own heart. Um, so I, 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 that's where I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate the information I'm getting today about Enneagram. I'll probably be wary of it, but, um, I also think we should be wary of uh, throwing things out sort of offhand with some of the reasons that we've given, despite the fact that those reasons are valid. um, If we take them to their, I think, maybe logical end, we might end up throwing out some other things that could be of value.
2: Yeah, I think this whole thing has taught me that um, when you use a tool or especially promote a tool, do the work to find out what it is and where it came from. And that's something that I just did not do. I just skipped over it because basically the, um, the sales pitch was do the Enneagram. It's like, blah, blah, blah. And make sure you do the Christian one. And as soon as I was told that I just assumed it's fine. Like it's, I just didn't do the work. And I think, um, Uh, Matt Rice had a comment somewhere that said something about um, be careful what lens you're looking through or something like that. It was a good comment, but um, we're all going to look through one lens or another. We need to make sure we're filtering everything through scripture. And I just don't think I did that.
1: Mm. Well, knowing that, I mean, kind of relaying that into Justin Nash, giving you a book to read, right? And saying, hey, do an assessment of this book. I, I imagine this isn't the first time he's done that. One of the observations I've made with folks that I know from being, you know, they're they're working in like Christian bookstores is that Christians are some of the least discerning people when it comes to material. All you have to do is throw Jesus or Christian or God on the label or the cover or in a general area and they will consume it like rabid dogs on raw meat.
2: This um, Marsha that I keep referencing, uh, Marsha Montenegro that was interviewed, she had the best quote and she said, the best lies are those that are full of the most truth. So like most of it is true, but then not all of it. And so um, I think that speaks to what we're seeing here, um, especially with a book like this fierce, free and full of fluff uh, feelings <laughs> and all that, but it's, it's, it's close Like there's, there's some God, there's some, Jesus. it's what you want to hear. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel validated. But y'all, I have like filled up the margins with not biblical. Jesus says this, not true. Not it. Like, it's just like, I have torn it up because, but you, but like what Matt Rice said, if you don't have the lens to see it through, it sounds good. It sounds pretty darn good.
1: So with that in mind, we got to close up the show because we want to be respectful of your time. Because I know you said that you have a meeting, so we got to close up at three. I have
2: like another fifteen minutes.
1: Okay, yeah. so I want to close up with this because I think it's incredibly important. Because as a pastor, um, I what I found is oftentimes when I. Um, I pay no attention on whether or not someone's male or female in regards to the books I hand out. Right. So I have like a, um, a bunch of books that I love to give out. I learned that from listening to Mark Dever. He said, that's how you get your church to read good Christian works is you mm-hmm. give them books and then follow up with them. So I don't care if, if you are male or female, I will give you the same books and encourage you to read the same authors. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is, are there good, books for women out there that you would recommend because I don't think I read them. Um, so <laughs> I, I just don't like, I don't read, and I mostly read theology books or history books. Like I'm reading, a, um, right now I'm reading the biography of, of, Herman Bavink, right? Like that's not a book that's written by a woman. Um, it's not about a woman. So are there, are there things made for women that
2: you would recommend, um, as a woman in pastor's yeah. wife? I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, there's tons of biblical writers. Usually when I'm like going to look for stuff, um, I'll use like Tim Challies or um, like to look and see what he's written about books. I don't know if you're cool with him or not, but um, I'll also go to the Gospel Coalition to see kind of what their, what their reviews are. Um, uh, What's her name? Jen Wilkin is a really talented uh, exegeter of what was the word? Exegeter? Exegeter? Exa, Exa yeah, maybe I, I, I don't know. Uh, but she seems really smart and I like listening to her. <laughs> there's also um, a really good uh, pod- podcast think- out called Let's Talk with um, uh, Jackie Hill Perry. Uh, she's another really smart lady. Rosaria Butterfield, amazing, 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 really good. Um, I mean, I'm no authority on the subject, but there's really good biblical centered female writers but my thing is why do you have to read females like I mean there's good ones but we just need to all be reading good Christ centered books no matter who wrote them
1: with that in mind do you
2: read systematic theologies geez systematic like than systematic than theology okay, never okay. For, so like those giant books on Matt's shelf yeah
1: sometimes. for the record what's Matt's favorite Theo
2: huh What's
1: Matt's favorite Theo. I
2: I don't know. There's a bunch oh, of green books on his shelf. And every time I need help with a Bible study, I go grab one. <laughs> For the I'll record, who the, wrote ter- it. The,
0: the term is exegete, believe it or not. It, the verb and noun are the same. Someone who exegetes is an exegete. Leave it up uh, to the
2: auditorium.
0: He would uh, I, know, know I, I, did, I didn't want Luke, to say it because I knew that was going to be the next thing out of your mouth, but I said Luke no would
2: it. know because he's sesquipedalian.
0: I, I have no... Did you just look at a piece of paper to say that word? I just saw you look okay. at the
2: piece of paper. Okay, so Luke used like 19 giant words in the last Bible banter. And he put us all down while he was using them. So I was studying for a vocab test with my eighth grader. And one of the words was sesquipedalian. And I was trying to use it in a sentence so that he could tell me what the word was. And I was like, oh, Luke. Luke is a sesquipedalian. <laughs> And so it is characterized a person characterized by using long or intricate. Words. So wait, what? I mean, it also of- says long-winded, but I, I don't think Luke is long-winded. That's probably what kind favorite. of. What, thank you, I appreciate. That. Uh, what kind
1: of school does your kid go to that they have to learn that word at? Grade? You know
2: what? We switched from private Christian school to public school. I know. I know. So um he's been sounds like someone
1: who loves the
2: Enneagram. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'll probably have to repent of this next, next time. What happened?
1: I thought like the trend in Evan Christian circles was like all the younger pastors. And I guess Matt, even though you guys are we're actually- not, hey, we're <laughs> not young you're, anymore. you consider younger when you when the curve is like the average age is 72 in our denomination. So you're so still kind I- of on the young side. So my question is the trend is towards homeschooling. Within, within pastors and pastor's families. Yeah. So what's the deal? You seem intelligent, um, you just hate I'm your really,
2: children? really lazy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm lazy and my kids don't like me enough to me to be their teacher.
0: So- uh, Mer- Meredith hates uh, <laughs> biblical gender roles.
2: So... <laughs> <laughs> and Lillian um, also says, quote, I need a social life. Like on you're on, a good mom, but I need a social life.
0: On that subject, I want to say one more thing before we go. I know that Eric and I are both complementarians, and by extension, therefore, we are misogynists.
2: But I think that two complementarian. Of- Wait, what am I? I'm the one that I believe my husband is the head. Well, Which you've just internalized.
0: You've just internalized your misogyny.
2: The uh, but I gotta say this.
0: The um, the I, I watched that MSNBC. Remember the uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, you've derailed me. I think two of our best shows so far, and I'm not just being flattering. I really mean this. Have been with women. i I really enjoyed the discussion today i thought that was great
2: (laughs) oh what i was gonna say was public school has brought the bar up i'm skipping over everything luke just said (laughs) i just want to point out (laughs)
1: eric's time i think it's actually i'm trying to process um through you know crt and intersectionality if what luke just said was mansplaining and, if, and if he was just like, I think Luke just mansplained and expressed his own, like, I can't believe our best shows were ones that we engage women.
2: He put us down in the middle of the compliment. Is I that think, what happened? So, see, yeah.
1: Luke and I have, have talked a little bit about the difference between narrow and broad complementarian. And Luke is trending towards broad complementarian because he likes to put them down more by calling them broads.
2: So I had never heard mansplain until like a couple of weeks ago, and Justin comes in our office, and he was like, "I don't want to mansplain," but you know, and Justin's just like, "No, you know, I don't want to mansplain," but blah, blah 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 blah. And we
0: were like, "What?" So what you're saying is that Justin Nash is making you read Jen Hatmaker and introducing critical race theory to the office. All in one. It's the
2: it's a win win.
1: <laughs> this is. Wow. You can
0: everything
2: hey honey
1: <laughs> well Matt criticized your wife for not homeschooling so so sorry about that okay here's the thing
2: I, homeschooling I, I, sounds really hard I, I, look Eric Eric <laughs> loves, to, loves to
0: tease people about this but I actually have to leave on time today Meredith thank you so much for coming on the thank show thank you for having me thank you for putting up with our off color jokes thank you for educating us on the enneagram <laughs> I am no opinion.
2: I am no expert so whoever watches this later and is like that woman doesn't know what she's talking can, about can I just not- ask, can I ask one question
1: please sure. please and and I know we got to get off I'm sorry about this but if you ever got a PhD eddie or some sort of doctorate would you refer to yourself as dr Broadway of course that's amazing Boom.
0: all right just wanted to put that out there <laughs> I, I I feel we should give a disclaimer for the show, although it belongs at the beginning rather than the end. If you don't understand or appreciate sarcasm, don't watch this episode. It won't go well for you.
2: No, all right, no. thank you and so much, for real. Just watch out for stuff that's pointing you to yourself because that's just the opposite of the gospel. So be careful. Look to Jesus in all things.
0: We should thank tell- you Bible
2: Banter for correcting my. Terrible ways. Hey, we're saving one ACGC person at a time. Yeah, one man. ACGC staff member. At a time. Well, there's not that many to go, so you're you're near the finish line. And next is
0: J-Dash. And and, <laughs> and all truth is God's truth, but whatever you you think is truth, it should be tested according to your yes. NIV yes. Bible. Yes. Uh,
1: no, not the, wait. 1984 wait or 2011 Bye, NIV, very different. Luke. Take Bye, care, guys. God bless you. Love you. Take care.
0: Bubble and bitter, yeah, yeah, yeah Bubble and bitter, yeah, 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 yeah.